So I would like to welcome you all very warmly to this retreat here at Gaia House. My name is Yanai and this is Kirsten and we're both very happy to be here with you for this weekend. It's uh, kind of wild out there and I'm kind of maybe has a sense, certainly I did, in uh, arriving here, the contemplating just how much water there would be between where I was and where I needed to be and it was not more than was navigable, fortunately. Um, but uh, something about arriving here and having the sense of, ah, okay, it's warm, it's dry. Ah, that's nice. And something about coming into a retreat where we uh, perhaps come to a place that's a refuge for us, that uh, sort of stands out for me in this moment. We'd like to spend a little time this evening speaking about this weekend retreat what we'll be engaging in together and what will support us in doing that, setting a a foundation for our time together. And some of you have been here many times before, done this kind of thing pretty regularly. Some of you, it's the first time you're here at Guy House and a particularly warm welcome to you, if that's the case. It can be... Something of a, a leap into the unknown to come on a retreat for the first time. And uh, I was watching a uh, on BBC iPlayer a uh, a program on uh, I think Horizons about the the basis on the way in which um, fresh forms of creative understanding or insight arise. And uh, they were observing that going into a, an unfamiliar situation or doing something differently among other things, was one of the things that allows new ways of seeing and understanding to arise. So uh, coming into something new, something different, is actually a very potent thing to offer oneself. And uh, for myself, and perhaps speaking for Kirsten also, this is something we've been doing for years and years and years, it seems, and uh, have found an immense amount of benefit and value in and um, I always feel just a sense of actual really delight and joy coming, sitting down here and uh, I've been sitting in this kind of a spot with a group of people like this for 20 years or more now, um, leading retreats and just something really wonderful about the interest and the aspiration that whatever it might be for each of you that of course might be quite different from... Uh, what it might be for me or for each other, but that there's something that brings you here. And whatever that might be, I'm very happy about it. To come to a retreat for the first time or to come back, having done one or perhaps done many before. We come into a space of possibility. We come into a a situation that can offer to us things that we might be looking for or interested in meeting. And it can equally offer things that we didn't know we might be interested in or maybe didn't even know we were looking for. But whatever comes in a time, in a retreat, whether it be for a weekend or some other length of time. We can't know entirely what it will be like, how we will experience it, what will happen. But if 
we come with a sense of interest, with a sense of openness to discover, to explore, to see what's possible, then that's, I think, going to serve really well. In our really fulfilling the potential of the time or having the best opportunity to receive the, the fruit that may be possible to receive. In, uh, in a retreat such as this. And so it's interesting to me over the years and the, the way in which I find myself often reflecting beginning a retreat like this, the, the way in which meditation has become so much part of our world or words like mindfulness have become more and more commonly used and uh, a friend of ours at this time is uh, teaching a mindfulness course in the Houses of Parliament. And it's kind of like, wow, MPs and members of the House of Lords are learning about paying attention. And it's like, great. I mean, of course, the capacity to pay attention is in itself somewhat neutral and can serve any kind of intentions behind it. But there's, there's something about our culture opening itself to the, the wisdom of, of the East from which these teachings come but also to the wisdom of human experience, which is somewhat different than the wisdom of sort of knowledge and information, what we've learnt through our studies and through science and many benefits that have come through that, through what we've learnt from our our ancestors and our foremothers and forefathers. So we have here an opportunity to... To look into, to learn from our experience, to explore what it means to be alive. And this, what it is to be alive is really the, it seems to me, the central question. It's like, what is it? What is this experience? What does it mean to be what we are? What's possible for us as human beings? We may have some sense of possibilities and we might also not be quite sure if that's what we're here for. It might be like, no, no, I came to learn to meditate. Or, you know, um, what was it? Calm, kindness, wisdom, that sounds good. I'd like some of that. Or maybe one didn't even read the retreat description. This just happened to be a convenient weekend. And yet even just to make the space of a weekend, we maybe notice how we have to put so many things down or organise so many uh, things that we might otherwise be responsible for or expected to be present for in some way just to clear the space of a weekend, to make the journey to come, to be here. In doing so, each of us here is in good company, not just the good company that's here, which is indeed good, but the company of people such as ourselves around the world, who actually tonight will be doing something like this, And people throughout the ages, women and men, who've taken themselves out of the the normal busyness and bustle, the demands of families and jobs and homes and social engagements and stimulations, entertainments and other pursuits, which all have their place and their value, but have said, actually, I want to put that down for a little while and just see what there might be in an open space 
see what there might be when we're not engaged in the familiar and the ordinary and the well-known, at least not to the same degree. And although it may not be that everybody in the world, in fact it's for sure that not even most people might find themselves moved or drawn in this way, but a very significant proportion nonetheless of people is sufficient for it to be a very clear thread and theme in human culture and human life throughout history to do something like what we'll be doing together here this weekend. And I say this because it's not just meditation that we're here to engage in. And meditation, as I said, is becoming a bit more kind of normal, familiar. We see pictures of people meditating used to indicate sort of the possibility of pleasurable or peaceful or calm states of experience or such things. And that's certainly part of what's possible here. But more than that, it's the possibility of understanding deeply the truth of our life, of who and what it is that we most most authentically are, and understanding how to live in this world, to live in harmony with, and to give support to the well-being of ourselves, each other, and this world. And so... This time for me is a time to explore, time to kind of share in this deep human interest that I think lies at the heart of all of us, though maybe we don't all find our way to exploring it. But in certainly coming to a retreat like this, something that's brought you here, that in the many, many hundreds and thousands, I guess, of conversations I've had with people over the years, there's, there's something that we're interested in. There's something in us that understands or knows without necessarily knowing how we know that as human beings we have a remarkable potential for peace, for kindness, for wisdom, and for many good things besides. And this, this sometimes quiet calling or movement, and we could say in the heart, we could say, say just in the in the being and what it means to be what we are. This this quiet and yet perhaps strong or compelling movement that just invites us to look, to explore, to maybe go deeper or beyond what we know. This is, to me, what I, 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 I use the language of the spirit, of the spiritual, that which is about the essence of life. And what, we're, what we'll be doing here together is, it, is about the essence of life, as I see it at least, and uh, perhaps others too. That the practices and the, the reflections that we'll be offering you are drawn to a large degree from the teachings of the Buddha, 
who was a human being like ourselves, who lived in what is now northern India, 2,600 years ago. He was someone who was deeply interested in life, cared deeply about the struggles and the challenges and the uncertainties of human existence. And who in his deep caring and commitment to explore and understand what he could understand through his life, came to some remarkable discoveries, some transformative understanding that he shared with his contemporaries, those who were interested to hear him, and which through the the explorations and the sharing and the passing from one living generation to another of these teachings is something that's available here in this generation, in this world, and for which I myself feel very grateful. It's something that's transformed my life. I can't imagine what my life might have ended up looking like if I hadn't been so fortunate to encounter these teachings and practices. And at the same time as the teachings come from this tradition, it's something also very much coming from human experience. It comes from the Buddha's teaching, comes from his experience. And uh, for us, certainly for myself here teaching, I'm speaking as much as possible from that which has also been my experience that, and the experience of others, such as yourselves, ourselves. That while referring to and honouring a tradition and a, a lineage, a history, we could say, that we could call Buddhist teaching and practice or Buddhism. I always find it important to also reflect on the fact that it's not somehow about that. It's about the the truth that's real and that's relevant for each of us, that we can know and discover for ourselves, and which the forms that we'll be engaging in are in the service of. And so, as the rain continues to pour down, it's fortunate that we don't have to go anywhere for a couple of days. So if the roads are flooded tomorrow, it doesn't matter. Nobody can go anywhere tomorrow. There's plenty of supplies here in this building. We have what we need. And I'd like to really invite you to give yourself to this time in order to receive what it can offer you. What ideas or expectations you might have based on your own past experience or on what you might have read or heard about, retreats, meditation, Buddhism, if it's your first encounter with all of that. To not give it too much authority, but actually listen to what happens for you in your own experience. Be willing to let that guide you inform you and be your teacher. I think authentic transformation comes out of that really trusting our own truths and following in the direction it invites us to go. But we also need to take a little time to learn how to listen well and to, to also begin to distinguish that which we could say is our truth and what's more the familiar pathways we sometimes get carried 
a way in, which has its own truth but needs to be understood for what it has that's of value and where it might also be not necessarily serving us. So, so in learning to listen, we, we kind of can also pause a little bit and just see, okay, let's not assume we know the answers and let's not assume we don't know the answers to what's most important here. And let's see what we discover. So just want to <clears throat> extend a very, very warm welcome to you all. And as Jana mentioned already, it is really always a delight to, to come and join fellow, fellow travelers on this path. It was really quite delightful just sitting here and having this sense. Really was quite, felt really happy. It's quite unexpected. Sitting in front of here for of you all, but it felt was really happy and content to be here with with you all. So Jana just mentioned, <clears throat> you know, to as as much as possible to let go of any expectations and also keeping in mind, you know, one might read a retreat description titled "Calm, Kindness, and Wisdom," and expectations or an aspiration might arise. And this is also okay, you know, and it's quite a fine line. So we might be here because we have, we have in, our, in ourselves this wish, this movement towards, towards calm, kindness and wisdom. You know, we can, we could say we might we might see this as a direction where we want to go to, as, a, as an intentionality, somehow a destination. You know, some of us might think, you know, or might, have, might hear these words and say, no, it's not what I have, I want to have this. So it's where we stand with this, not having any expectation how it will be, how we should be, how it will look like, and still being very clear about one's intention. So I would like to speak now a little bit about how we can create together an environment that supports this movement, this intentionality, that supports the arising of calm, kindness, and wisdom. But equally, which is already an an environment which manifests and expresses to some degree these three qualities. So they are there from the very beginning, from the very place we are starting from. I want to remain with this metaphor of, of a journey, of a, of a destination traveled. So 
So what can we what can we bring in from the very beginning that evoke a sense of calm, that evoke a sense of kindness, that evoke a sense of wisdom? So when we come on retreat, we might find that there's not a lot of inner calm, especially if we are coming from a very busy life, you know, and arriving in the very last moment and finally here. Probably calm is not very accessible. But I think we can see the the silence we are endeavored to commit to during this week and as 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 a support, as a support of the cultivation of calm. You know, that's a, that's a silence, the ennobling silence. We will, what is the word? We will follow. I don't know the right verb here. We will follow, we will undertake. Enter. 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 enter, that's a nice word. We will enter, actually, um, can really support us to calm our minds. You know, to simplify, to connect more deeply with ourselves. The silence that can help us to be more and more present to ourselves and to what presents itself in our experience. So I'm probably, probably quite safely can say is that some of you will come here already with a deep love for silence. You know, we're having a real sense of the potential of freedom and space silence can provide. You know, having already a, a really deep and direct felt sense of, of actually of the beauty of being together in silence. This can be such a beautiful, beautiful, rich way to be together. And for others, probably especially those who are new to practice, it might seem a little bit daunting. Might be a rather difficult thing to engage with. Whenever I speak with people who don't meditate about meditation, and I tell them that I do retreats in silence, this is where they pick up on. In silence? I couldn't be in silence for two hours. How can you do this? So it's quite unusual in our society to even have this wish. You know, a month in silence. It's like this, what a weird thing to do. So for some of us, it might be something really weird, something very unusual to do. And for some of us, actually, it can have quite a negative, a negative connotation. You know, we might, we might associate with silence something of, like a kind of oppression, some heaviness, some coldness, some lovelessness, you know, some indifference. And really, if this arises as a response right now, just be kind to yourself and acknowledge that this is arising. But maybe open to the fact that probably this response is based on past experience, past, um, past situations 
which are actually not present here. So if you have a little bit of a daunting feeling, yes, be kind, acknowledge it, and just see if you can see it afresh. Let's see if I can find a new relationship to be in silence with others. Maybe open up to the possibilities that silence is indeed, can indeed be seen as a very, very precious, beautiful gift we can give each other, which rather than an expression of the lack of love, the lack of interest, can actually be the expression of care and love. And like this, we maybe can discover that far from being desolate, alienating and lonely, that silence, being in silence with others and with ourselves, actually can give us some freedom, can give us more space. When I first came on retreat and we started the silence, so my response, probably because of my personality, was, oh God, I don't have to tell anyone who I am, what I'm doing. I don't have to define myself. And it, it was a real release. It was a real relief. So, it said in so many words, the weekend will be in silence. There will be opportunities for you to talk. We will have some group interviews. Of course, if you need some very short interactions during the work period, that's fine just to organize something. And equally tonight, if you have to make any arrangements with your roommates, do so. But keep it short, keep it to the point, and then really give yourself fully to the silence. And I can say from experience, one could probably safely say that the depths of our, the depths of our um, exploration is very much related to how much we give ourselves to the silence. So really give yourself fully to this. In, in, in some tradition, in some schools, the silence is actually really strict so that you don't even have eye contact. But this is not how we, we encourage you to do it in, in Gaia House. So if you pass someone in the corridor and there is a smile, a rising smile. But also see if you then, you know, if, the, you're not, not, um, if you don't get the return you want. You know, the other person might be in a different place. And just seeing your responses. So um, it can be a very gentle and kind silence rather than, I actually, I would really encourage to have a very gentle and kind sign rather than I'm plucking out, I'm keeping you outside. And really giving yourself to explore this, to, to surrender to it. Uh, a very a very crucial and 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 important foundation of the practices we will be engaging with during this week and is something I would like to speak next about it's the area of ethics which ethics which is expressed in the in the observation of the five precepts or the five trainings 
And I will mention them in the mo in a moment. But before I do this, I really want to stress the five precepts or the five trainings are not rules. You know, they don't start with a thou shalt not or you must not. But again, they can be seen as a way, as one way to manifest in one's life the beautiful intention towards non-harming. This is what they are about. They are tools to support us in our intention towards non-harming, of not causing sufferings to ourselves and others. So again, the five precepts can be seen as an expression of kindness, as an expression of generosity, as an expression of love, rather than something we have to do, and if we don't do it, we fail, or we are not good, or whatever it might be. Now, they can be seen as powerful, a powerful way of exploring different aspects of our life in terms of how we may cause suffering and how we may avoid suffering. So the five precepts, probably many of you are very familiar um, with them, they are abstaining from taking life. And of course, you know, it's very obvious, you know, it's like it's not that you come on retreat to kill one another, you know, hopefully not. But really one can, one can take this much further because how often, you know, just being bothered, I mean in the moments actually not a lot of insects around and I heard that the, um, how you call them, the birds which come in summer, how you call them in English? The Zugvögel? No, no, like all the birds, generatic term, like the... Migration? Migrational birds. They actually turned around again so they came and they went back again to the south. <laughs> anyway, I'm digressing here. So um, with, with the taking of life, again, we can actually really see it in a, in a much bigger picture, like actually harming, harming another in all kinds of different ways. And in the context here on retreat, maybe just you know, having this con- very, very um, reactive response to a creature which bothers us and we just go slap, you know. And really, really considering as much as I want to live, this creature wants to live and I don't want to do any harm to them, you know. Every creature we encounter seeks in their way happiness, don't want to experience pain and to acknowledge this communality. The second precept is abstaining from what is not freely given. You know, and a friend of mine, she always takes this example of, um, you know, going into the shower and there is already some nice shampoo and just saying, oh, it doesn't really hurt. And to really respect, respect the possession of another. You know, respect the possession of what we are using here together, you know, the, the ground, the house, the content of the house, 
being really respectful. So the third one is abstaining from unwholesome speech of not telling abstaining of not telling lies. So this is of course a little bit less obvious if we are in silence. You know, it doesn't give us a lot of opportunity for unwholesome speech, it seems. But actually if we really pay attention sometimes how we speak to ourselves can be very, very painful, can inflict a lot of pain and, and <coughs> suffering to us. So reflecting upon this, again, not as a rule you fail in, but something you are interested in. Fourth, abstaining from sexual misconduct. So this is a what we do actually here during the retreat, we actually ask you not to have any sexual um, interaction whatsoever. This is not because we think that sexuality is sinful or shouldn't be around. It's a very important and beautiful aspect of being alive, of being human. But it's really about containing the expression of one's sexuality because we don't want to cause harm by it and expressing it. And for, for, some, for some of you, you know, actually being around sexual energy can feel quite threatening, can be quite scary. So again, it's about that everyone feels scared, feels safe, that we don't have to, to wonder when we interact with each other, that we don't have to watch our backs in this area. And the last one is abstaining from taking intoxicants, anything which clouds our minds and makes us heedless. So so much, so much suffering, so much damage is caused by clouded minds, isn't it? By, by minds made heedless by drugs or alcohol. And again, of course, this doesn't mean that if you're on any medication that you stop taking the medication. Continue to do so. But please refrain from taking any alcohol or other, how they call them, recreational drugs. Because we want to we wanna cultivate clear seeing. We, wanna, we need a clear mind for our aspirations. I really like the, the phrases the Titnatan Sangha uses, and I just want to mention them very, very shortly. So the Titnatan Sangha, they, they, they have a really beautiful version of the five precepts, and each precept starts with aware of the suffering caused by. So it's about awareness, it's about knowing, it's about understanding, aware of the suffering caused by destruction of life. I vow, I endeavor, and I think it's actually beautiful formulations rather than thou shalt not or I must, I should. So it's, it's quite obvious that the five precepts can be seen as an expression of kindness, but I think they are also an expression of wisdom. And one way 
I think one can say that they express a deeper understanding, they express wisdom, is actually that they recognize the truth of our interconnectedness, of our interdependence. You have to honor the effect of your actions, be in relation with, with a bigger picture, consider, you have to consider the web of re- relationship you are an integral part of when you actually explore this, this area of, of, the, of the precepts. I think it's really beautiful because we really start to think when we really look deeper, we really start to think what effect does it have? What, what causes does it have? How, how, do I, how do I impact? And really acknowledging that our actions have impact. So one last last thing I would like to mention which might support the cultivation of kindness, wisdom and calm is simplicity. I really encourage you to keep it simple inside and outside. And to really give this again as a gift to yourself. In simplicity, we can we can actually be simple by just following the schedule. You know, it's very simple, very clear. You know, you don't have to make any decisions what you need to do next. It's quite clear. Sitting, walking, sitting, walking, food, sitting, walking, sitting, walking. So it can be actually quite beautiful, quite beautiful to just follow the schedule, to give ourselves the opportunity to settle down, to simplify, to look deeper. Also what we encourage you is to not use a library during the retreat. And this is not because there are secret books which you are not yet mature enough to read, but it's really just, again, keep it simple. Focus on the practice of, of directly experiencing the teachings rather than reading about it. This is like a really precious opportunity. We can read about meditation after this weekend, really knowing this is like this is time to actually practice, to get experience, to do it. Equally, really, really, really encourage you to, to, to let go of any excessive reading or writing. Give yourself just to the simplicity of the schedule, to the simplicity of, of settling down becoming closer to yourself. And a very, very, very big uh, invitation, urging from my side, from our side, it's like turn off your mobile phones, your Blackberries, your laptops, your tablets, because this can be now so hard, they become so much extended of our being. You know, I have a tablet since two weeks, first time I'm entering this realm, and it feels already some extension of my body. This can be quite scary. And really, 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 um, really, really, really have the courage to push the off button. 
and to keep it off until the end of the, re- end of the weekend. And if you really struggle with it, give it to the managers. They will keep it safe and at the end of the weekend you can come and collect it. And you will see life continues without these gadgets. Seems more and more unbelievable, but it's true. And they can really invade, can really invade on, on, on a precious space like this with texts and just, you know, I don't want to really say more about it, just really, really give yourself this gift of being intimate, becoming intimate with yourself. Okay. So at this point, you probably all sat quite a long time. So if you want to get up and stretch a little bit, also if you need some more cushions or a bench or whatever, please just go into the back room and find yourself some more equipment. And otherwise, just get up and just see what your body needs. Which kind of movement. You might want to stretch, rotate. Yeah, don't leave the hall if possible. <laughs> it's too late. So just coming back to your seat. So before I continue, I just want to check in. Are there any questions regarding what I just spoke about, which was basically, in the kindest way... To, to, to line out some agreements we are following during this weekend. Are there any questions, anything you want to clarify around this? Great. Okay. So let's, let's start with... <coughs> Honoring the, the start of this retreat with a short sitting. And before we start the sitting, again, really an invitation. I find this always quite beautiful in terms of creating a sense of community 
in, in a very little way, but still really honoring this, that we are in this together, if we really just want to take a look around and take each other in. It's not that we have to isolate each other from each other, that we have to, oh, here I am with all my stuff, but, you know, these are fellow travelers. You know, there are companions during this time together, and just to have this short moment of, hello, you human beings. Oh, can be quite sweet. Okay. So this will be our little, or not so little, community for the next two days. You know, community where we can learn and support each other, inspire each other, trigger each other and experience a whole richness of being human. Just take a moment or two to really allow yourself taking your seat. You might want to take a deep in-breath and with the out-breath Deep out breath, really allowing yourself as much as possible to arrive, to settle into your being. And another in breath, feeling the body energized by the in breath, and with the out breath again, releasing, arriving softening into this physical form we call our body. And the last time, deep in breath. And if you wish, you can have a sound with the out breath, like any sound which helps you arriving, like, oh, for example, is a good sound for me. I do it again. Arriving, softening, widening. And just for a moment or two, bring your awareness, rest your awareness with the contact points, with the contact points of your bum on the cushion, the chair or the bench, your soles of the feet touching the floor if you're sitting on a chair, your lower legs on the mat, maybe your hands and part of your lower arms touching your thighs, just really bringing your awareness into these contact points, very helpful to arrive more fully in our body. Feeling maybe the pressure, the denseness in these contact points.
And then like a fragrance, if this picture works for you, like a fragrance, see if you can let your awareness rise to fill more and more of your whole body. So that your awareness is inhabiting as much as possible whole field of your body. Just play a little bit around with it. How does it feel to inhabit this body right now? There's no need that anything is different as it presents itself, but simply acknowledging how does it feel to inhabit this body right now? Direct acknowledgement sense of inhabiting this body. Arriving, settling in into this body, into this physical form as fully as possible. Then in your own time, finding the breath, wherever it is easy for you to connect with the direct sensation of breathing, finding the breath. In this field of awareness of your whole body, Resting is a clear intention, your awareness on the sensation of breathing. can imbue this intention with a real sense of allowing yourself to arrive more fully. 
know, allowing your awareness to settle, to come to a rest. To anchor itself with a breath. might be supportive to imagine the in-breath as energizing the being and the out-breath as a support to relax, release, arrive. The out-breath as an invitation to settle in.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.